episode number 201 in the illustrious career of the Tom Green Podcast is here. I'd like to especially thank uh, Natalie Spala from uh, ABC7 in Washington, D.C. that came on to last week's show as the 82nd guest that I have had and the 200th show on Apple Podcasts. And uh, thanks again to everybody that have listened so far in these last 200 episodes, doing a little bit of reflecting that this, this, this ride is not easy. This ride indeed is difficult, and I had found out from our partners at Stadium Scene TV, and I had a talk with uh, DJ yesterday that um, Spotify for podcasters is not necessarily the best platform in the past season, and that's because it wants everything to be listened to on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or podcasters or podbean or or what software you listen to this show on and unfortunately not many of you have listened to this show and it's not because of me it's because of spotify for podcasters deciding that hey you should listen to it on spotify and nothing else screw everything else that's what they're saying so uh, that's why i tell you people that are listening to the show you got to send it over to a friend and have them listen to it too. Word of mouth advertising. And with how our talk yesterday with DJ went, some good things could be happening on the horizon for the Tom Green Podcast. So uh, stay tuned and hopefully you'll enjoy. So this week it's kind of that mandatory Wednesday before Thanksgiving show. Because after Wednesday we have Thanksgiving Lions Packers. We have Saturday... Michigan-Ohio State, that's going to be a big conversation. We got a little bit of Red Wings talk and Pistons. Well, we're going to go ahead and start with them. And uh, I had said on the podcast Twitter account, do you want me to do a full rant about this team? You said no, so I'll make it short. I'll make it to the point, and I'll say that um, I will start talking about this team again once they win a game. Losing this many in a row is unacceptable. Cade Cunningham saying that this team is bad should open a lot of eyes in the National Basketball Association. And like I said, I'm going to keep this short and to the point because you guys wanted it that way. It's not good at Little Caesars Arena. The Pistons themselves should tell me a reason why I should attend one of their games this season. Because I already had two networking opportunities that I kind of wanted to pursue that I wasn't able to because of my day job schedule and or the fact that I'm coming over another cold of some sort because of temperature changes. But Pistons, tell me a reason why I should attend one of your games. And maybe if it's convincing enough, I'll attend. Until then, win a damn game, will ya? Just win. That's all we want. Just win a game. Anyway. Like I said, I was going to keep it short, so we'll cut it there. Red Wings, we'll keep that kind of short as well because we have we got to talk about the Lions. we got to talk about the Wolverine. The Red Wings were hoping to have some great times in Stockholm, Sweden. Because, well, if you looked at their roster in the past 10, 15, 20 years, people were saying how sweet it is. And so, if you're a Red Wings fan, like I am, 
you were looking at this two game series in Stockholm against Ottawa and Toronto and thinking, maybe we can get three points out of this. Would give the nice the the Swedish crowd something to really enjoy and maybe the Red Wings might be might be on it start to get back on a tear after that. Let me tell you the Red Wings played like Swedish fish. Apologies to those that are that enjoy that candy. But the big thing is they played very sour. They scored some goals. But they gave up more than they scored, that's for sure. Only walking away with one point out of that two-game stretch. And now the Wings return to Little Caesars Arena to face New Jersey. And if you're going to the Red Wings game on this Wednesday night, uh, get your Zamboni gravy dish because that seems interesting. On the road at Boston, then back home against the Minnesota Wild at the Rangers, home to the Blackhawks. So they alternate home and road games the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, actually. going Looking at the stretch in December, they alternate home and road games. So uh, I hope they're, uh, they'll get their travel miles, that's for sure. And they sure got those travel miles already when it came to uh, traveling to Sweden. That's for sure. Uh, looking at just a few stats, Debrinkat has the most points right now with Dylan Larkin at 17. Debrinkat with 11 goals, Larkin with 5 and 12 assists. JT Comfer has come on a little bit, 13 points. Lucas Raymond is tied with him in the point standings. 10 assists for Comfer, 7 goals for Raymond. So just a few stats to throw out there for those that are interested and wondering. I mean, the Wings scored 6 goals in Sweden. They gave up eight. They lost two games. Big yikes. Hopefully getting back on the home soil might help their fortunes. We shall see. I mean, the Wings are better than they were the last few years, but losing like they did in Sweden is a bit disheartening, like I'd said. Played like Swedish fish? Probably. Moving towards the Lions. Last week, I was at the Lions game in Detroit. Got to catch up with one of my many networking friends in the sports business, and that is Fox 32's Cassie Carlson, one of the most underrated reporters in all of America. Listen to some of her reports on Fox 32 Chicago. The Blitz, uh, Sunday night sports zone, pregame show for the Bears. She does a great job. Definitely give her a follow and let her know that I, that I sent you. Great person. Proud to call her a friend of mine. So, uh, besides point, <laughs> watch the Lions uh, mount a comeback against the Chicago Bears. And that was kind of going to be what I was saying about that game as, to, as a wrap to that game. Is that I'll say some of the same things I would have said had they lost. And that is, it doesn't matter if your team is 8-2, and 2-8. Two, two and eight, Four and six, seven and three, one and nine. When you take an NFL field on NFL Sunday, you are facing a National League Football League team. And that should not be taken any lighter or any heavier than any other Sunday would be. But that's the case in point. And Detroit nearly was snake bitten by that. Their kneecaps were almost bitten. But great teams do 
what the Detroit Lions did this past Sunday. Down by 12, with a little over five minutes left, they mount a comeback and win that game by five, and they do it with a safety. I'm sure we saw Aiden Hutchinson punt the ball out of the end, out of the end zone. That was funny. That place was loud. That place was proud. And this place is going to be rocking on Thursday afternoon. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But any NFL team is going to go through stuff like what Detroit did. I'm noticing some fan, a lot of fan boards that are trying to say, Oh, same old Lions, same old Lions. They're going to say same old Lions until we win a playoff game. And you know what? So be it. But case in point here is the Lions are facing a divisional opponent, and they're going to be facing another divisional opponent this coming Thursday. Divisional opponents know you more than the rest of the league. And when you face unknown teams, one of two things can happen. Case in point, look what happened against Baltimore for Detroit. That is one of the two things. Otherwise, it's close, and you maybe pull out a win. But Detroit wasn't used to seeing quarterbacks like Omar Jackson. And that's how that's how the Baltimore game turned out to be what it was. How the Chicago game turned out to become what it was is like I said. Divisional opponents know your schemes better than non-divisional and non-conference. And Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay are going to know those schemes better than you would imagine. Because of how frequently they see you, how frequently they watch your tape, how frequently they pay attention to you. And that's how the Chicago game ended up the way it did. Now, thankfully, Detroit won that game, got to 8-2. and two, And for the first time since John Fitzgerald Kennedy was president. And now we're looking at a magic number of five in the NFC North. This is the first time in Tom Green podcast history that I have mentioned a magic number for the Detroit Lions. And not for a number one draft pick. That tells you that this team, this team is pretty damn good. And the league should have been put on notice with that vict- with that comeback victory. Now, moving towards the Green Bay Packers. Uh, as of Wednesday afternoon, the Lions are a 64% a 35.7% favorite. Uh, in the last five games, the Packers have only won two. The Lions have won four out of their last five. The over-under is 46.5. Detroit is a 7.5-point favorite. Looking at some of the numbers, Jordan Love with 2,331 yards, 16 touchdowns against 10 picks. Jared Goff, 2,743 yards, 16 touchdowns against 8 picks. And let's be, let's be clear about Goff's play in this past week. He threw three interceptions. The first time we have seen that all season. Okay? There were times where it did not look good at home. And Goff typically plays well at Ford Field. So with this, I chalk it up as a bit more of a misnomer than people think. First interception was not necessarily his fault. The receiver 
and defender literally bumped into each other while Goff was in the middle of throwing the ball. Safety was right there. It happened. Second pick was on Goff. He threw it to an old, to what he thought was an open receiver when a defender stepped right in front of him, took the ball away. Goff should have seen that safety there. That one's on him. Third interception was tipped. It was tipped. You really can't control a tipped ball. So be it. These things happen in the National Football League. You have to limit them. Hopefully, Goff will limit them this week. I think he should. Running back numbers, Aaron Jones, I believe, is out. Uh, A.J. Dillon with only 405 yards on the ground. And David Montgomery has 577 yards on the ground. Of course, you have to remember Jameer Gibbs as well, the speedster, as he has really made a difference so far in this Detroit Lions team. Wide receiving play, it's not even close. Jaden Reed with only 463 yards and four scores. Versus Amon Ross St. Brown with 898 yards and five touchdowns. Um, yeah. The the line or the uh, the writing's on the wall here. Detroit is a seven and a half point favorite. I'll take a look at the injury report as well to give that to you as of Tuesday's practice. Uh, Jonah Jackson did not practice, while Isaiah Bugs, uh, Milifanwu, and Ragnar were all full practices. Uh, Devondre Campbell, Josiah Degara, Aaron Jones, Luke Musgrave, Dontavian Wicks, and Emmanuel Wilson did not practice. Uh, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, A.J. Dillon, Rudy Ford, Elton Jenkins, Keyshawn Nixon, Darnell Savage, and Jaden Reed all left practice. Corey Ballantine and Rayshon Gary and Christian Watson were all full practices. So a little injury report for you. And what I have to say about that is uh, it's advantage Detroit, especially in this, in, the, in this Thanksgiving environment. And when is the last time we've said that? Yes, I know that Detroit has the home Thanksgiving environment every season. But they really haven't had too much of a team to take advantage of said Thanksgiving environment. Geez, when was the last time we won on Thanksgiving in a good environment? Jim Caldwell years? And even then, I believe we lost to the Vikings because Golden Tate decided to uh, decided to spin around backwards instead of dive for a first down. I think we remember that, don't we? But to this game, keys to the game are... Uh, Jared Goff, don't turn the ball over three times because you're probably not going to get away with it too many times. Uh, defense needs to get stops because they've kind of struggled there the last couple of weeks, especially against the Chargers. But it was just uh, hopefully the Chargers was just a one-off game. We'll find out here. I say Lions win 31-14. And we're all eating our Thanksgiving turkey and gravy and stuffing and mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce and all that good stuff in a good mood. Except if you're in Green Bay, of course. Well, they shouldn't be in a good mood, ever. Yes, I said that. Anyway, moving to the game. Michigan, Ohio State. For all the marbles in the Big Ten, pretty much. I mean, do we really think the West has any shot at either of these teams? Iowa does. 
unless they can hold them to under 10 points, maybe. But besides that, Michigan, a 55.1% favorite against Ohio State, 44.9. Looking at the numbers, Kyle McCord has the advantage in yards at 28.99 and 22 touchdowns versus J.J. McCarthy's 23.35 and 18. Uh, in rushing yards, Travion Henderson with 794 and 10. Blake Corum, though, with 888 and 20. Receiving yards, Marvin Harrison has a definite advantage there with 1,093 and 13 versus Roman Wilson, 612 and 10. But let's make it clear. Michigan hasn't necessarily had a dire need to throw the ball a lot. Ryan Day, oh yeah, born on third base. Yes, I said that. Ryan Day has needed Kyle McCord a lot more often. But this is the game. Anything can happen. And what will probably happen is, first quarter, Michigan wins the toss, takes the ball, scores a touchdown. Ohio State gets the ball and scores a touchdown themselves. Michigan gets a field goal in the red zone, 10-7 the score after one. Second quarter, Michigan gets a stop. Michigan gets another field goal, but Ohio State scores. And Michigan settles for a field goal before half. The score is 16-14 at the half in favor of Michigan. Third quarter, Ohio State scores on a Travion Henderson run. But Michigan scores twice, once on Roman Wilson, on a Roman Wilson catch, and once on a Blake Corum run. That would make it 30 to 21 in favor of Michigan after three quarters. And the fourth quarter, Michigan scores once. Ohio State scores once, goes for two, and fails. And you'll get a final of Michigan 37, Ohio State 27. A higher scoring game as typically this game usually ends up despite both defenses being elite and amongst the top in all of the National Collegiate Football Association or Athletic Association in this matter. And I think that that's how this game goes. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to be on the sidelines at Ford Field for a state championship high school game for the day job. So I won't be able to see a whole lot of it, but know that I'm excited for this game and I'm hoping that if you go to Ann Arbor, you enjoy yourself unless you root for the Scarlet and Gray because, well, we don't need that BS in our lives. Seriously. Scarlet and Gray? Nope. Don't need it. Go blue. All day. Have a happy Thanksgiving to all next week. Hopefully we'll be previewing a Big Ten championship game. If not, we'll do some more Lions and Red Wings and some Pistons talk. I sort of avoided Michigan basketball this time, and I'll talk about them just a little bit. They need to find themselves a defense. They are only saving grace right now after losing to Long Beach State is that not many people know about it because it was on Big Ten Plus. Hopefully the battle for Atlantis goes well. Not too much of a preview there as it's going on right now as we speak. So hopefully that goes well and I'll do more of a post recap on Battle for Atlantis if and when we get to that point. So 
Everybody have an enjoyable Thanksgiving with families, and uh, hopefully the turkey is good, the fellowship is great, and hopefully we'll be talking about a Michigan victory uh, come Saturday afternoon. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah.